Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pro Tips for Musicians podcast. I'm your host, Jim Henry. Funding for this and every show comes from generous listeners who each contribute a small amount every month. Patrons like Dan Hulse, Bernie Drury, Dino Catanio, Dan Zuckergood, Dan Tappan, Maria Sangiolo, Bob Fishman, Kristen Andrews, David Bryce and the good folks at Cloud Microphones, Club Passim, The Parlor Room, and Signature Sounds are just a few of the listeners who contribute because they believe in the podcast. To become a part of the Pro Tips family, go to patreon.com slash jimhenry. And to order your copy of the Pro Tips book, go to protipsformusicians.com. Today on the show, we have Guy DeVito. Aside from being one of my best buddies, Guy is a fantastic bass player who's been around the world and played with some of the biggest names in the business. His long career started with the Massachusetts band Fat. Fat was signed to RCA Records in 1970 and released two successful albums. They were then signed to Atlantic Records and worked with producer Felix Papillardi, best known for his work with Cream and with Mountain. Guy and the band played all over the world, including New York City at Madison Square Garden, and shared the bill with Grand Funk Railroad, the Allman Brothers, Billy Joel, Little Richard, Freddie King, Muddy Waters, and that's only a partial list. After the band broke up, Guy spent four years as a music director of a rock club in Montserrat, where he got to play with Stevie Wonder. He played briefly with John Kay and Steppenwolf before settling back in Western Massachusetts. Since then, he's opened a recording studio where he produced local legend Salamander Crosstings' first record and played on Dara Williams' debut album, The Honesty Room. These days, Guy is the go-to bass player in New England. He's a master of multiple styles, easily switching from blues to folk, jazz to country, or Americana to rock. He's done everything there is to do in the music business, so we're lucky to have him on the show. Let's say hello to Guy DeVito. Hello, Guy DeVito. Hello, Jim. How are you today? I am just peachy, Jim Henry. <laughs> I'm so glad you could come to the Ruby Tone studio to do this. Oh, I'm delighted to be here at Ruby Tone. You, you, you have the, the shortest commute of anybody. It, it is short. You're like it right around short. the corner from me. Yeah, yeah. It's just a hop, skip, and a walk. <laughs> so you've heard a couple of these, and you know that we're going to start off with a tune. We are going to start right? off and, with a tune. So you're you're typically known as a bass player, but you you have brought along guitar today. I brought a guitar. It doesn't often get out of the house. It's very happy. <laughs> it's good. Take it out and drive it around the block. Mm-hmm. So let so what is the you picked an interesting tune? What what song is this? This one is called "My Old Kentucky Home." So it's a Stephen Foster tune. So uh, yeah, what made you what what made you want to what made you think of this tune here? Well, I was trying to think of something outside of the bass player box. <laughs> and, you succeeded. Yes, yes, I did. Because, you know, when I sit around the house uh, these days and next to the TV or whatever, when I pick on stuff, it's usually not a bass. Yeah, right. It's, All right. it's either... Uh, I like a gut string guitar because it's easy on my fingers because I got these big fat. You got big ham hocks for hands. Yeah, and And this is also appropriate today because um, of the elections that happened last night uh, in Kentucky, where the uh, Republican governor got unseated by the 
by the uh, Democrat. He's unseated. He's uh, mal sentada, as they say. <laughs> cool. So let's play yeah. this song. All right. So let's see if I can. One, two, you know what to do. Turpentine and dandelion wine I've turned the corner and I'm feeling fine Shooting at the birds on the telephone line I'm picking them off with this gun of mine Got a fire in my belly, got a fire in my head Going hidey high until I'm dead Well, Brother Gene, he's big and mean He don't have much to say He had a little woman that he whooped each night But now she's gone away he got drunk last night, kicked mama down the stairs, I'm alright, so I don't care. Well, the sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home, young folks roll on the floor. Sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home, keep those hard times away from my door. Well, Sister Sue, she's short and stout She never grew up, she grew out Mama says she's pretty, but she's just being kind And Papa says she's plain, but he's almost blind She don't get out much, except at night I don't care, cause I'm alright Oh, well, the sun shines bright On my old Kentucky home Young folks roll on the floor Sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home Keep those hard times away from my door Let's turn it around Keep those hard times away from my door Hard times away from Kentucky <laughs> Well, that, that's a cool tune yeah, I like that too. I haven't thought about that. I, I, yeah, I have. I guess I've heard that in my life because I knew the chorus. But mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't. Stephen Foster, he wrote a lot of great songs. He did. It was covered by Ry Cooter, and I believe it was covered by Randy Newman as well. And now Three it's Dog been, Night. Three Dog Night. Three yeah, Dog Night th those guys. Cool. It's really cold there. And well, I'm glad you, you. That's a. I would never have in a million years thought you would bring that tune to <laughs> to play today. <laughs> you know what? Until a couple hours ago, <laughs> neither did I. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been I've been looking forward to having you on the Pro Tips podcast for a long time. <laughs> it's so funny to just sit in a chair across from each other and look at each other. We never do this. No, we don't. <laughs> it's very rare. Very and it's rare. very special. Well, the reason the one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here is because over the years we've done about a thousand gigs together and. Mm -hmm. I'm always impressed that you always have a, a gig bag that's got stuff in it, just like random stuff. So uh, inevitably, somebody forgets something when they come to a gig, and almost always you're like, oh, let me, I think I might have that. <laughs> Let's look in my bag. Let's check the gig bag, yeah. And that's sort of one of the, one of the pro tips uh, from the pro tips book. It's, it is. It is. And uh, like, right. let me go grab the book. Okay. Yeah, so it's pro tip number 41, and I'm going to have you read it because it's always fun to, <laughs> when I don't have Assuming to read. Assuming that I can read? I, okay. Number 41. All right, pro tip number 41, always advance the show and bring extra cable and extra cable and a 9-volt battery and the contract. Oh, that's one that I missed. And this lamp. I like the lamp. <laughs> 
The lamp won't fit in my bag, Jim. <laughs> that's <laughs> Should I keep reading? Uh, no, that's okay. okay. So that's, I mean. Well, I like so, the part about shit happens. Because it does happen. Yes, it shit does. does happen. So always bring the contract. So this is sort of a double, a double uh, pro tip. One is about advancing the gig, but the other is <clears> about bringing extra stuff. Because mm -hmm. as we all know, stuff, things mess up at a gig and people forget things. Things come up last minute. Things break. Things break. Yeah. My cables, my clips strings, yeah. whatever. So I, I asked you to bring your gig bag today. Well, which I did. Yeah. So and Let me see how heavy it is today. Oof. <laughs> it's got some stuff in so it. So has it got anything private in there? Well, there's a couple private things. That, <laughs> you know, it, well, the laws have changed in Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So could I reach into that bag and pull something out? You could, you could do that, or I sure you're, yeah, well, let, you're, well, you're welcome to. <laughs> but if there, are, if there are, sure. <laughs> <laughs> let me just reach into the bag and pull out a random thing. Okay, but keep in mind that that I usually bring two gig bags. Yeah, and and this one is more of my personal bag, oh, which, the, uh, which is you know doesn't necessarily have extra cables, although you probably will find a cable or two in there. There's one right there. Yeah, I always There's keep one. a cable in there. You're right, and it's a shorty. Yeah, so, all right, I'll, I'll stop goofing around. No, no, you can look. <laughs> no, that's okay. Dump it out if you like. <laughs> no, well, it looks like you know, you it's time to clean cup. it anyway. You always bring cables, right? You have in your other gig bag. Yes, <laughs> The well, one I wanted you to bring. That's right. Oh, sorry about that. That's all right. The, uh, you know, cable, you always bring mm -hmm. cable. Mm -hmm. You always have, like, scissors. You mm -hmm. have flashlight. Mm -hmm. You have all kinds of stuff. And, you know, TSA has kind of put the kibosh on some of the stuff oh, that I, I used to bring because I've lost too many Leathermen. Right. So, uh, you know, but scissors are important, and those little clippers and, you know, fingernail files and the, some of the personal items that, you know, any musician who's on the road might want. And if if you don't have the luxury of having a road crew, uh, you know, road manager, roadies, people that might have that stuff. Right. You know, in a that you can borrow. <laughs> that you can borrow and go, hey, fix this. Well that's <laughs> yeah, well that's why I have you on the gig. Because I know you bring all that stuff. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do. So I um I made a list of some of the essentials. Oh, okay. Because you mentioned it to me that that you might do this, put me <laughs> on might the spot, do this to you, <laughs> and I wasn't expecting you to dump out my gig bag. <laughs> so, no, but, so, well, but you this, want to be prepared. You do want to be prepared. Yeah. So, well, what is so? What does your list consist of? Well, this is scribbled down and not in um, any special order. But um, we start with we might as well start with what I didn't bring today, <laughs> <laughs> right. which you provided, which was a really nice fold up music stand. I always keep one in my car. I just keep it in there. Mm -hmm. You never know, right? But if I had one that fit in a gig bag right. that was comfortable, I would have one of those. Well, actually, let me uh, let me uh, sidetrack for a second. The okay. uh, you and me both, but you in particular, you play lots of different styles. Of music, so you have mm -hmm. lots of different types of gigs. You have like big band gigs, you have rock and roll gigs, you have you know mm -hmm. bluegrass gigs. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, a little R and B, a little jazz, a little bit of a little bit of everything. Little funk, a little funk. Um, but so, do you have to do you do you adjust what you bring um, based on? the situation you're headed to? I do. I do to a degree. Um, I've kind of gravitated now and sort of settled into this, my go-to bass, which is really, really versatile. It's this Sadowski five-string, so I can do 
any key, anytime, right. you know, let's go. And it's got a lot of um, options. It's got, you know, it's passive, it's active. It can get really trebly, it can get really bassy. I can imitate upright bass to a degree, you know, as mm-hmm. much as you can on an electric bass. But um, what was the question? <laughs> uh, do you bring, do, does your does your extra parts gig bag change depending on the situation you're headed to? Or, or do you have mm-hmm. sort of a, just a your basic go-to gig bag? Yeah, the go-to gig bag is pretty much stocked so that um, I don't have to uh, think about it too much when I walk out the door um, because there might be two or three different styles of music played in one weekend. Right. So, I, you know, it's all there. But if I was going to go to a session and, you know, I'd probably bring like a fretless bass. I mean, a, uh, yeah, I, I might bring a fretless bass, but what I meant to say is a P bass with flat round strings, which is something that my go-to can't do. Right. Um, our jazz bass is, you know... That's the classic. The classic jazz bass, yeah. P bass, and maybe a fretless bass, depending on what's going on, or, or in, in, in extreme conditions on upright, <laughs> yeah, right. if the budget's big enough. Well, you have now you have that that in between upright bass. That oh, I love that. Yeah. What is that? What is that bass? That is an Ampeg baby bass, um, and it's a solid instrument that was made in the '60s, 1965, I believe. Although there's no serial number on this one, I bought it from an older gentleman that had it for years and years. So I know it's old and. Anybody who's a vintage guy that sees it just about drops when they, because it's in great shape and it just kind of fell into my hands. As you say, it's sort of a tweener because right. it's the neck is a little bit more forgiving than an upright bass, and it's a lot easier to schlep around, and you just plug it in because it's got a pickup in it. Right. So back to what I bring. Um, would I augment my gig bag for special gigs yeah i would if i was going to bring the baby bass because it doesn't have much output Mm -hmm. so i might have to bring um a booster pedal or something for some more gain Mm -hmm. and um when i play with ask wanda which is this wedding band i play with they cover like uh sledgehammer and some Mm -hmm. you know some of the more modern things would so i now i'm getting into pedals so (laughs) Oh, oh my God! Oh my, I know. I, for years and years, I never had any pedals at all. Not even a tuner pedal. I would just. Um, well, you tune it before you leave the house. Yeah, yeah. It was tuned when I bought it. You know, it's a good bass will stay in tune. Yeah, right. For years and years. So I interrupted you. You're 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 going down the list of. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, I would augment my gig bag um, depending on the gig by, uh, you know, throwing in a certain pedal like, okay, um, I'm going to need this octave divider and maybe a little fuzz if we're going to do, what's the devil goes down to Georgia or something, right? Um, And that's, you know, sort of fun. But, you know, now I feel your pain when I see you messing with those, with your uh, pedal board and stuff. Well, they're like a, it's like having a palette. You know, it's a sonic palette. Right. They all do different stuff, and you can... So, but... Yeah. No, yeah. I want to yeah. get back to the list. Okay, back to the list. Yeah. So, and we were talking about chords. Um, I have something that a lot of people don't have. I have a coupler, quarter-to-quarter coupler. It's like female-female. Yeah. So, and, and I used it just the other night because I was on this big, long stage, and I had to go all the way back to the amp and then out to the front and then back. And so, fortunately, I had a couple of really long cables, and I have two of these female-to-female couplers, and then I, of course, gaffer tape them together because you know you're going to kick them. Yeah, right. They're going to come apart. And you but, had gaffer tape. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Yes. 
although in this case I borrowed the gaffer's tape from the from the uh, crew because I didn't want to use mine. I know, that stuff's <laughs> expensive. It is expensive. It's expensive. Um, so going down the list here, yeah. I have Allen wrenches, a lot of Allen different wrenches. ones, depending because every base has a little bit different bridge on it, uh-huh. right? Uh, small set of screwdrivers, you know, they're really cool to have. Um, I have old strings in case you break a string. Yeah. You can replace it with a, a string, string that isn't going to pop out, you right. know, and jump out sonically. And then I have... Wait, let, I'm sorry. Let me let me let me interrupt you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so, how often do you change your bass strings? It depends on what's going on. You know, as uh, infrequently as possible. Yeah, let's just say nothing's going on, particularly just regular gigs. I just leave them on there because you know they 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 break in and they feel good. But if I had to say definitively, when do I change them? Is when they won't stay in tune anymore mm-hmm. because I'm mm-hmm. kind of a stickler for tuning. So how long yeah. does that take? I'm always fascinated. Depends by on how much you're playing. You know, like if I'm, if I want I'm, a straight answer out okay. of you, Vito. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not going to get one. I know. <laughs> um, it, you know, it depends on the weather, and like oh, if yeah. it's summertime and you're playing outside a lot, and your hands are greasy. And all right, let me give you, you know, a number. All right, once a month. Uh, no, I would say, unless I have a, a specific gig that requires like a real snappy, aggressive sound, I would, I would say more like. Six couple months. months, yeah. And, a couple months, and my jazz bass and the P bass, I never change the strings, yeah, because they're they're all settled in right where I want them. Unless it feels like oh this you know I just can't get it in tune. So maybe the bass got knocked. Maybe the you know maybe the windings are starting to come apart or something. Right. Although you know our our good pal Ray Mason that yeah. that story where he loaned his bass out and the guy bought him new strings as a as a uh, a gesture uh-huh. and Ray got all pissed off and made him put the old string back on because you know that's just how I like I know yeah. Don Dixon uh, uh, he, he says he never ever changes a string unless they break yeah well if they break it's hard not to change I know you gotta do something and that's why you gotta have an old one so right I, you know because you, yeah right you don't want it to pop out you don't want it to pop out but well, I then, change my strings all the time well you're a guitar player and you want that jangle you want to be want that jangle you want and you they do go out of tune don't they I mean they do after yeah they get old they start they don't go they right. don't stay in tune yeah and the harmonics are all kind of you know it's wonky and stuff and all right so yeah. sorry I keep interrupting you on that's your, okay because uh, I I was trying to go in order but I scribbled this down sort of the way I think <laughs> um. I like the I like the the adapter idea. Do you have other adapters in there that you um, take routinely? You mean like the coupler? Yeah. Not really. Oh well, the only other thing I have is a couple pieces of foam that sometimes I'll can slide the foam under the bass strings to get a different sound. Mm-hmm. It's not really an adapter, but you know a lot of guys do that now because it was so hip. Like when I had, got my jazz bass, it had one built into the the cover over the bridge. Oh, right. Like, a, yeah. yeah, a little piece of foam. It was there. like a little deadener thing. Uh-huh. And, of course, the first thing I did back when I was 17, 18 years old is pulled everything off the base. <laughs> well, I don't need this. Uh-huh. Um, but people are doing it again, right? When you buy them, they have bell covers, a lot of them. Um, a lot of the f- new Fenders and uh, Roger Sadowski's bases have them. A lot, of, a lot of the boutique bases have them now. Mm-hmm. People use them as thumb rests and... Things to bang on. <laughs> uh, All right, what else you got on there? Okay, uh, good light. I, you know, if you have a music stand. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I always have a light, and I always have extra batteries. And I found this really cool light 
Um, now they have even better ones, but I've had this for a while. It has a little compartment in it, so it has a place to put extra batteries. Mm, mm-hmm. So, you know, nothing worse than halfway through the night and it's dark and you've got charts or whatever. Right. Well, you have an iPad now. You've, well, so. no, well, yeah, I have an iPad or I actually got a, a nice light, but it plugs in. Oh, cool. It, it yeah. can do battery or plugs in. Mm-hmm. I don't like batteries generally. If I can avoid it, because they go bad. They go bad, yeah. and uh, well, that leads me to the uh, battery charger. I like. I like <laughs> to buy rechargeable batteries uh-huh. because they're uh, eco-friendly. Uh-huh. And um, I actually learned that when I was living in the West Indies, when you could not get batteries. You know, they were they cost a fortune, mm-hmm. and so um, I've been using rechargeable batteries not exclusively, but you know. Whenever you can. Yeah, whenever I can. Hey, let, I'm sorry. I'm gonna sidetrack you again. You yeah. mentioned the West Indies. The yeah. Montserrat, right? Mm-hmm. So you, this is a whole other tangent here. <laughs> we could go off on. You you lived there and ran a club for a number of years, mm-hmm. right? About four years, yeah. About four years. And um, it, uh, so how did that happen? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you well, told me, but I don't remember exactly. That's great. I'm, I'm proud that my memory is about as good as yours, but <laughs> yeah. yours is about as bad as mine. <laughs> Um, from 1968 to 1980, I played with this band, Fat. Yeah. We had a modicum of success, and but for 12 years, that's all I did. Right. So when, it, when that sort of ran its course, a dear friend of mine had a place in the West Indies. My health wasn't so great. He invited me down for a, a vacation. And while I was there, this club came up for sale. It was a restaurant, really, a five-star restaurant. But it was classic West Indian, had a tree growing up through the middle of it. I mean, and I was just blown away by the island and by the people. And and the icing on the cake was that George Martin had built a studio there uh, in an effort to uh, find a place where the Beatles would feel comfortable reuniting. Because it's a really remote area in the West Indies and hard to get into. It's a volcanic island and it had a, only a small airport. And right. So he had, there was a state-of-the-art recording studio there. So um, after being there for a month or so and hanging out and uh, meeting some people, and this club came up for sale and a couple other people got involved. So it, it wasn't my club, but I was involved um, with the musical end of it. I became mm-hmm. the musical director, so brought down a bunch of my friends, a whole bunch of gear. We put together a, uh, a container with a, a Fender Rhodes um, back line, drums, the little PA system, you know, everything you need. Right, you, and, out, you outfitted the place. Right, yeah. and, and put in that. And Tim Griffin helped out a lot. There was a music store in town um, at that time called the Music Gallery, I think. We got a lot of stuff from those guys, and they helped us out. And Roger Kidda came down, uh, Dave Kidda, uh, Jeff Pivar, and Christopher Newland. One of the more important things that happened was Christopher and I left that at the same time. And so we became the house band, Chris on guitar, myself, and there was a wonderful drummer on the island named Errol Ede who was doing session work. And he grew up there. He's, uh, I think he was a Lebanese guy or whatever, but he was an incredible percussionist as well as a trap set player. So that was the core of the band. And mm-hmm. then we had a lot of local guys sitting in. There was um, Soka Music, Soul Calypso, The Mighty Arrow was from Montserrat. And there was a lot of music there. Yeah. And so there was a lot of local stuff. I absorbed a lot of that. And we would bring down friends of ours on working vacations. Mm-hmm. So the club had a, 
an apartment upstairs. And it was I'm sorry a, we weren't friends at that point. That's true. <laughs> you, you would have been in a lot more trouble than you are now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a great time. And, and you and, and so I know um, that some pretty heavy-duty cats came through there. Well, back to the studio, yeah. I mean, it was... It was a place where Ghost in the Machine was recorded by uh, the police. They did a couple records there. Elton John, Stevie Wonder, Paul McCartney. And, so, was, and you met all these guys. I met I met a lot of them. Yeah. And a lot of them would come down to the club to play because this island was 7 by 11 with 3,000-foot peaks and um, active volcano sort mm-hmm. of spewing. And the, there was only one rock and roll club on the island, so... You know what it's like doing tracks, right? Especially back in those days when people had budgets, they would lock out the studio for six weeks or two months. And, you know, while other people were tracking, they'd come down, have a few drinks, sit in. And we had the band playing usually six nights a week. Mm -hmm. And we'd show movies. This is how far back we're going. We had a Betamax in there with (laughs) with one of those giant TVs, you know. I mean, this was was, um, early 80s. So it was a really cool hang. Yeah. And and you tell me uh, th- uh, th- there's a movie happening about that. There's a film, yeah, a documentary, which I believe is going to be called "Under the Volcano," and it's going to be about the island before the volcano erupted, which right. unfortunately started erupting in the early nineties, nineteen nineties, and it's still erupting. So it really changed the whole complexion of the of the place. The whole atmosphere is is different. Um, the main town is under a pyroclastic flow. It was awful. And they're they're rebuilding, but um, the studio's gone. Right. And the studio was, you know, just uh, history. But there was a lot of history made there. A lot of musical history was made there. And I was fortunate to get to, you know, hang and being in the uh, house band. You know, guys would come down and have a couple drinks when they weren't working, and I got to play with some real monstrous musicians that, Never probably would have met. Right. That like happened. Stevie Wonder, right? Well, Stevie Wonder, was that was a very, very special night. Let's call him Stevie. Let's call him Stevie or Mr. Wonder. <laughs> Mr. Wonder. <laughs> I call him Mr. Wonderful. Being one of the most wonderful people and generous, musically generous and just really kind, outgoing person. I was literally in bed at like 11, 12 o'clock on the one night of the week that the band didn't play and got a call from the bar manager saying, Stevie Wonder's people just called and they want to hear the Agouti Brothers band. <laughs> <laughs> and the Agouti Brothers band was the house band. It was me and Chris and Dan Mangini and uh, and Errol Ede at that time. And so I called everyone, rang everyone up, and we all went down and opened the club up, and which hadn't quite closed yet, and, and played music all night long. He came down and sat in, and and I was fortunate to have a little bit of it um, documented on a boombox. Back in those days, they had this stuff called tape. <laughs> <laughs> so I've digitized a bit of that. It's really a hoot to listen to. And it's uh, and that's going to be part of the documentary, right? I think they'll use bits and pieces of it. So the, the folks from the documentary have gotten in touch with me um, wanting to know if I had any kind of... Uh, photos and you know back then it was pre-digital so and i was in the band i didn't take too many pictures so we found a few pictures but not too many so scanned a few pictures and and uh, we'll see hopefully this documentary will be um happening how how did they find you uh good question i think it was interpol (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) post office picture was hanging on the wall 
um, you know, friends of friends. Uh, it turns out that I might not have these labels correct. I think the director of the movie is the daughter of a friend of mine that was living on the island at the time. Like my friend John Locke, who who was in the band um, Spirit. Mm. Um, you know, great, great band from California, Randy, California. Nature, and, Nature's Way, right? Na- wasn't that? Nature's wasn't that Way. Them? Yeah. It's Nature's and, Way. It's and, Nature. Yeah, yeah. And Uncle Jack and a bunch of... Uh, Really cool tunes. Uh, Fresh Garbage was one of my favorites. You, <laughs> I don't know oh, that one. Off Surly yet. Temple should definitely cover <laughs> Fresh Garbage. Look beneath my lid, my lid one morning, see the things I did not quite consume. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, yeah. So that's how it kind of came to me sideways. You know, it's like, oh, maybe guy has some photos, and um, I think somebody knew that there was some. You know, we used to try and and record. You know, we had a mic set up and so that we could record. But a lot of the bands had managers that would hang out and make sure that we didn't <laughs> or that would confiscate right. uh, the, the tapes. But the, the Stevie Wonder tape, I, I was uh, able to kind of slow Well, out. he couldn't see that you were... No, he couldn't see what <laughs> he couldn't see a darn thing. Ba-do-ba. Ba-do-ba. And uh, didn't, did you meet Paul McCartney too? I did not meet Paul, but the house that I was living in was a really nice villa, and it was it was in a remote place with a kind of uh, I guess you would call it secure. It had a long driveway and it had a gate, and so uh, his, his people came down and scoped it out. This was right after John Lennon was unfortunately murdered in mm-hmm. New York. So this was what 80, 81 when 80. that happened eighty. Yep. So it was right after that, and there was a lot of security that. Um, he was really security conscious. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff blowing around then. Yeah. So we had to move out so that he could move in. And huh. he stayed there for about six weeks with his family, his young family. And while he was recording um, the record that became um, Ebony and Ivory. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So Stevie and Paul were yeah. on the island at the same time. But Paul didn't show, no, he didn't get out much. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'd see him around town now and then. Hey, how you doing? But you know, mate, um, hey, mate, <laughs> hey, mate, hey, fancy a pint? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, folks. Sorry to interrupt the show, but we'll get back to Guy in just a second. If you enjoy the Pro Tips podcast, please consider becoming a patron. Go to Patreon.com/slash Jim Henry and sign up now. If you're already a patron, thank you very much. Now let's get back to Guy. Well, let me. Uh, I, you've told me some stories over the years about some some people. I, I, I'm going to see if you'll be willing to tell a couple of these stories. <laughs> and you don't have to. You don't have to. I'm going to mention a name, and then let's see if you if you come up with a story that I'm thinking about. Macatar Murphy. Mm-hmm. Do you know you know what story I'm talking about? Well, yeah. I had a Mac Macatar Murphy. I have a tremendous amount of respect for. He was a, the original Blues Brother. Yeah, right. Um, he was in the movie in that in that uh, iconic scene where Aretha Franklin sings "Think" to him in the in the diner. Um, so I did a bunch of gigs with him. I met him actually through um, the Shabu All Stars, which is David Lefty Foster's band out of uh, Connecticut. There was a club there which was kind of uh, akin to the Rusty Nail up here. It was mm-hmm. right outside of Yukon. So this was a, 
And the, these guys were huge blues fans. Lefty and his two brothers were both music fans. They'd bring in all the all the blues guys that were on the road. So I met Matt playing in that band, and then I did a couple of gigs with him in his band. Matt taught me humility <laughs> and to be prepared. <laughs> the story was I was given um, a tape of some material to learn and very short notice and I had the flu and I just kind of scanned it you know it was cassette it was a long time ago and um he opened the show with a song that I didn't know that I thought I you know I listened to it and went oh this is blues I got this right <laughs> <laughs> and um he opened the show with a tune I didn't know and uh it was obvious in like 16 bars that I didn't know what the hell was going on <laughs> and so he, he turned to me pointed to me and he said bass solo and left the stage and this is in front of a lot of people <laughs> and um that's that's humiliating yeah it was humiliating you know I learned this that's one of the my pro tips is be prepared. Be prepared. That's actually not the story I was thinking of. Okay, well, there, there might be another one. <laughs> well, the other one, and you know, you you about driving to a gig. And oh, <laughs> uh, I'd rather leave that one. Okay, alone. that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I, well, I like that other story better um, <laughs> because it's educational. <laughs> that's right. It's part. It's part of the. Uh, now, this you might want not want to tell this one either, Little Richard. <laughs> Little Richard asked me to join his band. Said I was a very funky bass player. <laughs> and um, let's leave it at that. <laughs> now we opened for a little that opened for Little Richard two nights in a row at my father's place. I think it was called on Long Island, a pretty big club. And we spent a couple of raucous days um, hanging out with Little Richard, mm -hmm. a, a few raucous days. And he was in fair, rare form, fair warm. Um, <laughs> While we were hanging out with him, back then it, the Johnny Carson show was happening. Yeah. I don't know if you know if you watched any of this archival stuff, but he was he was one of the preferred guests on the Johnny Carson show back then. So while we were hanging out in this little suite of hotel rooms that were Midtown, he left and did the Johnny Carson show, which I just thought was the coolest thing. Cause, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's the end of the that's story. the end of that story. Okay. <laughs> that's the G-rated version. Um, Billy Joel. Billy Joel you told me a story one time about him opening for you guys. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the band? He was in a trio, and they wore. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the band, but they wore these big headdresses. Do you know the name of the band? Or you, I don't. Just I don't. For me to come I just remember you it. telling me. Yeah. Um, like it was like a it was like a shtick. It was a shtick, and he was playing ham and organ. I think it was like a ham and trio, and it was it was great. They were fantastic. Once again, it was we were op They might have been opening for us at that point. It was right. at some college in the Springfield area. No, I just thought it was funny that he, you know, yeah, he was doing wearing wearing costumes and doing shtick yeah. opening for you guys. Yeah, well, you know, everyone. Start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. We just want to work. You know, us we musicians. Is that a better way to say? It? We just want to play. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and then one more. You may not want to tell this one either. Uh, <laughs> Felix Papillardi. Oh, you, you I probably got a ton of stories about him. But I do. Because you. So he he was producer for you guys, right? That's right. He produced the last record that Fat did, and um, he hooked us up with Ahmed Aired again, and Felix. 
um, for those of you that don't know. I mean, in my opinion, he never really got his just due. He should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, he produced the first Cream record, mm -hmm. Fresh Cream, and then Disraeli Gears, mm -hmm. and co-wrote a lot of the stuff and uh, a lot of the material. And then, of course, went on to form Mountain, which mm -hmm. was kind of a spinoff of of Cream, you know, a three-piece power group with Leslie West and mm -hmm. Corky Lang. For a couple of years, we worked with Felix, and he uh, lived up in the area, either at our band house in Asheville or at the hotel in Northampton. And um, unfortunately, met his demise. He was killed by his wife. And, that's, why, uh, that's why you should never get married. You should never get married <laughs> and should never let your wife have a gun. <laughs> but you would tell me about a time that I guess Mountain was playing. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. do you, you, can you tell that story? Or? Well, I could tell you that Leslie West, Felix told me that Leslie used to call him Beethoven. <laughs> and is who's going to hear this? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I mean, if you if if it concerns you at all, then don't yes. tell the story. But yes, well, let's just say that Leslie had a moment on stage that was rather embarrassing, and 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 said, "Hey, Beethoven, <laughs> I got to leave the stage." <laughs> bass solo, right? Yeah, bass solo, yeah. right? Another bass solo. Right. Well, that's uh, the that's yeah. a, that's the G version yeah. of that story. And a lot of people don't know that Felix was um, such a talented musician. I mean, he played classical trumpet, keyboards. Uh, I think he went to the School of the Arts in New York, and you know, he produced. Um, Come on, people! Now, shine on your brother. Who's uh, that? Really? No. Yeah. Um, so he was one of the first producers right. back in the day, right? right. He was a really. He was one of these guys that um, didn't just, you know, turn knobs. You know, he was, uh, he could write parts, he could write music, he could sing. I have his solo record that I should play for you sometime where he has Bernard Purdy, Richard T., um, you know, all the A-list guys, Richard Gale, Eric Gale, sorry, Chuck Rainey, that's uh, the backup band. And mm -hmm. we had a little kinship because of our Italian heritage. Right. You know, he grew up in New York. And, and he lived around, he was lived in Mass, right, when he... Well, he lived up here for a couple of years while he was working with the band, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought but, I thought when he died he was up here. So. No, he was in New York, I oh, believe, okay. but he had a place in Florida and they had a farm in Virginia and he had a place on Nantucket. Yeah. And he did he did okay. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, another pro tip. What's that? This might be a really good pro tip. What's he that? said the worst the biggest financial mistake I made <laughs> in the music business was buying an airplane. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, uh, you, you know, the, they got successful. And it, having an airplane is like having a boat. It's just a, something you throw money at. Yeah, right. It just costs Wait, you, you bought an airplane? No, he did. Oh, I Mountain see. Did. Oh, oh I, I see. Felix yeah. advice, he was trying to tone us down. Oh, yeah? You know. This was this was after the Mountain phenomenon. and Way after. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, had, he hadn't been working with Mountain for a long time. Mountain was, there, was well, essentially broken up when we were working right. with Felix. The Mississippi Queen, that was like, was that like late 60s? Is that when that was? Or is that, mm, I mean, it's yeah, early, early 70s. Yeah, I maybe. remember that song. So, yeah. I mean, it was on the radio when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, it was, was kid. it was huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was badass. Yeah, it was badass. badass. Like, was that like, was, yeah, uh, 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 it was some guitar. Yeah. Yeah, three piece. All right. So, thank you for letting me. Embarrass you. That's like okay. That. Do you want to go back to my gig bag? Because I have more stuff. 
Uh, no, no you have more. we'll get back there in just a second. No, yeah, okay. let's do that. Let's right, let's finish right. your list. Okay. Well, the other thing I had in there with after the light was and the full of blah 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 blah. Oh, different different length cords. And you notice I had that little cord in my personal gag yeah. bag because you know you go to rehearsal or something and you don't want to roll out a thirty foot monster cable right. to put you know in an amp next to you. So right. I carry a, a small one like a six footer, a twenty five, a thirty. Wow. And then um, and then sharpies. You gotta have sharpies. sharpies for signing those CDs, right? Yeah, that's right. You need a big black one for writing set lists. You know, right. if, you, if you're not really cool and have a, a, a iPad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and never. And then another other pro tip is never write a set list in red. There you go. Right? <laughs> and always use black. Right. And then I have a couple of uh, you know fancy uh, sharpies, uh, like a silver and a gold one for signing CDs and mm -hmm. stuff. And you know, depending if it's a black CD, you wanna. Contrast. Yeah, you don't right. want to write it in black, right? Well, plus when you, when the band signs their name on the on the dressing room wall, you need a sharpie. Yeah, you need yeah. one of those big fat ones, you know, <laughs> or a spray can. There you go. <laughs> uh, and believe it or not, I usually carry some alcohol for cleaning. You know, if right. goo gets on you, I hate it when goo gets on me, on my axe, right? Right. Like whatever it might be, you touch something sticky, right? Um, tape or whatever, yeah, and a rag for cleaning. And I notice you do that too. You always yeah, have I always a rag carry, handy. always have a rag. And uh, little sometimes I'll bring guitar polish, and you know, hopefully it doesn't spill in the case. Well, what about do you? Um, I do. I usually bring along some cornstarch in the summer. Oh, for uh, just because it's, it's. I hate it's so sweaty and hot, and it gets so sticky. You yeah, know? I need something to, to to take away the. The yuck. Yeah. Yeah, I, I go in the other direction, though. I, I like it to be slimy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I like to be slippery, and um, so I actually use some salve. I usually have some sort of hand salve because, you know, with age, your your hands get, uh, or my hands sometimes get a little arthritic, uh -huh. you know, so I'll, I'll have whatever. I mean, that leads me to the next thing, which is in my personal bag, which is meds. Whatever you yeah, might right. need, you know. Yeah. I mean, a, um, aspirin or Advil, um, you know, hand lotion or, and sometimes germicidal, depending on where I'm going. You know, you shake hands with like a million people, and yeah, right. and you look back, and the third guy back is like sneezing. Yeah, right. <laughs> you go, just wiped his <laughs> nose with his hand. Yeah, right, right. Or touch it. You, hey man, can I play your guitar? Yeah, it's right. Like, no, first of all. But, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> um yeah oh and then an extension cord oh yeah you know extension and a power cord. strip and, and a power strip and a, a good power strip you know because you want one that'll hopefully have a fuse in it just in case there's yeah, a, right. a wicked brownout or spike or something like that an assortment of picks um i don't usually use picks but if you, you know, yeah, if you, if might you need, need one you yeah. have it yeah so you're going to do uh, The Devil Goes Down to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. That's right. You might need a pick. You might need a pick. Yep. And um, uh, sunglasses? Sunglasses. Now this leads me to playing outside, right? Yeah. So you're, you're playing a wedding. It's really nice. You're under, I mean, it's a fancy wedding. And then, and you're under a tent and it's air conditioned and it's beautiful. And then it's time to break down. But they always shut off the lights before 
You know, do you ever notice that? Yeah. Well, the sound guy shuts off the lights. If you if you're in control, it's great. But I've just had to pack up in the dark with mosquitoes eating me too many times, right? So usually bug spray. Yeah. You know. Oh, I thought this had to do with sunglasses. Well, sunglasses, bug spray, and extra glasses because uh, yeah. I can't see the charts. So you kind of treat it like you're going on the road, even yeah. if it's a local gig. Right. 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 Yep. Because, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of that, uh, you know, uh, you know, meds and, and extra glasses and stuff if I'm getting on a plane. Right. Or I'm, I'm, you know, out for a couple of days. But just like out and back the same day, I don't often bring all that stuff. I just leave it in there. Yeah. And hope well, it doesn't expire. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you should not take any medical advice from me. But meds, you know, they did test. It's like they, those things are good for 10, 12 years mm-hmm. as long as they're, you know, stored okay. Right. By like in way. a nice hot, what's that? Nice and nice hot black gig bag. Yeah, right. <laughs> in the back of a car. Back of a car. Um, and then a flashlight, of course. Yeah. Um, a headlamp. Headlamp. Which is a really cool thing to have if you're trying to pack up in the in the dark. Right. And, and you, you need know. two hands. Right. And some drunk has just spilled beer all over your gear, and you know that's always fun. So if, you know, there's different levels, and I just do them all because I'm. Yeah. No, that's. Know, I want to play. I know, and you, uh, like I said, it's it's come up many times over the years where it's like, oh, man, I forgot my, or, you know, I need some tape, or, and you always seem to have it, so. Oh, I try. Yeah. And um, I, I try and be prepared, that the Boy Scout thing. There it is. And, All right, uh, so yeah. I think it's time to start wrapping this up, but before okay. you go, we have to do the either-or game. Either-or, okay. Yeah, so the either-or game is I'm going to give you two words or phrases mm-hmm. and you have to choose one or the other like that's it for the rest of your life one for the thing. rest of my life yeah you have to choose you one or the other what's that you know how old i am <laughs> <laughs> well, that won't last all long right. <laughs> all right you ready i think i said i think i it yes okay it's not mm-hmm. it's some are harder than others okay actually most of these are pretty easy is there a time limit on my no okay well it's just yeah. I'll call you. Dog or cat? Uh, dog. Dog? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Window or aisle? Window. Fall or spring? Ooh. See? Yeah. No, Ooh, this getting is tougher. a tough one. Um, you know, I would take spring. Spring. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bourbon or scotch? Bourbon. Bourbon. Mm. Yeah, bourbon is the far and away the the favorite beverage of... of uh, Guess on the pro tips podcast. You, you can do so much with it. <laughs> uh, grilled cheese sandwich or turkey sandwich? Rest of your life. Rest of my life. Oh, gosh. I think I'd have to go with turkey, although I do like my grilled, grilled cheese. Grilled cheese are, is awesome. It's awesome, yeah. Can I combine them? Like halfsies? Well, half grilled and you half. could have cheese on the turkey sandwich, I suppose. Really? But you can't grill it, I guess. So okay. it's either a cold turkey sandwich. <laughs> Or a hot grilled cheese. What time of day is it? <laughs> is there tomato soup too? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, if there was tomato soup, it'd be grilled cheese. Yeah, definitely. But otherwise, turkey. Ah, uh, yeah, I'd have to go with turkeys because my 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 arteries are clogging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, click track or no click track? Uh, I like a click track. Depends on who's drumming. Yeah. So, but click track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it keeps everybody honest. This is the tough one. Sopranos or Breaking Bad? <sighs> Sopranos. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That wasn't even a hesitation. No. Really? Yeah. 
You don't like well, Breaking Bad? Th- I like Breaking Bad, but it, it was a little over the top. And I'm, uh, you know, meth to me is like, uh, they tend to, let me say, and I'm, a, you know, half Italian. Oh, okay. Right? And I'm, a lot of my family was from Jersey. Um, All right. And so I had a gig with Big Pussy, you know. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Anyway, what, what and we we chatted on the phone. That was like, hey, <laughs> uh, hey, it was great. I see. So you have an affinity for. The I Sopranos. have an affinity. Plus, the Sopranos, they were like the, the they spearheaded. They started the great whole, TV. Yeah. I think right. Yeah. It was HBO, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so then Breaking Bad, just like you know, it seemed to me that that these. TV writers just starting to see, they almost wanted to see how how far out can we get with this, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, Sopranos, okay. no hesitation. Okay, no, none at all. Um, and Gal Delfini is, you know, to me was great actor. Yeah, now he's dead. Yeah. I heard he's they're still doing dead? a Sopranos movie, and, oh. and uh, his son is going to be in it. Really? That's what I heard. The kid that played his son? Or? No, no, the real oh, James Gandolfini. is James Gandolfini's son. Oh, so. interesting. Um, but we digress. All right, mm. so songwriter mm-hmm. or guitarist? Like you're in the band and there's a songwriter or it's like a really great guitarist. Great songwriter or great guitarist. Rest oh. of your life. Rest of my life. Oh, does a songwriter have there's- to play an instrument? <laughs> Well, you you get where I'm going with this. Like the like yeah. the songs, the songwriting is the thing, or yeah. the musicianship is the thing. Either or, God, there's got to be both. But I would have to go with songwriter. I think, yeah, because okay. then I, I play bass. Hey. So, <laughs> and there's so many guitar players that are great. I know, but in the, and there's, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think if you, if, if you if you had a scale, right, and you yeah. put all the guitar players on one side that were great and all the songwriters that were great, it would be lopsided. There'd be more guitar players. Yeah. Yeah. That are th- great. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's true. Yeah. They're like Guitar poets. is easy. Songwriting is hard. Yeah, it's like poetry, man. You know, it's it really, to me, a great song is like a really good story. Yeah. And, and it's succinct and it's, you know, it's a great story like in a... On one page. Yeah. yeah. I agree. That's um, why I love Chuck Berry. <laughs> uh, rock and roll or Americana? Kind of country-ish. Americana. Yeah. Um, you mean if I had to play it for the rest yeah. of my life? Oh, yeah. You have to choose. My ears are already blown out. <laughs> <laughs> um, plumbing or Electrical. So like working on your house, both of you and I talk about this all the time. Yeah, and you yeah. had to do, and well. you you can't say neither, or I'd hire one. You have to either do plumbing or electrical work the rest of your life. Well, I'll say electrical. It's a lot cleaner. Yeah, a little more dangerous, but yeah, yeah, cleaner. Um, gin or vodka? Vodka, vodka. Stand up bass or electric bass? Rest of your life. I mean, I had to play it. You have to choose. I have to choose electric. Yeah. Yeah, that's not even hard. And then the the uh perennial question, Beatles or Stones? Beatles. Yeah. Songwriters. Yeah, songwriters, yeah. yeah. And good musicians. Yeah. I'd have to say I mean I love the Stones, 
and I love their attitude, and I love what they put across, and the fact that they're all still alive. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the Beatles got them hands down in songwriting and in uh, musicianship, I think. Yeah, like arranging and... Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that concludes that, and I think that's probably a good place to stop. Okay. This Pro Tips for Musicians podcast. Right. So thank yeah. you very much, Guy DeVito, for being... Uh, being the latest guest on the show. Oh, I'm delighted to be here, and I'm honored that you asked me. So let's let's play a tune to go out. Yeah, let's with. do that. What 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 do you have in mind? Well, this is a Guy Clark tune. Hey, your name's Guy. I, yeah, it is. So <laughs> I thought it was only appropriate. Yeah. That maybe I'll change my last name to Clark too. <laughs> Get some of his royalties, mailbox money. There you go. <laughs> so what uh, what tune is this? So this one is called um, <clears throat> Building Boats, I think. Building Boats. Is that the name of the tune? I think so. You know, I don't even know the name of the tune. I just love it. So, all right. One, two, three. It's time for a change. I'm tired of the same old same. Same old words. Same old lines. Same old tricks, same old rhymes Days, precious days They roll in and out like waves I got boards to bend Planks to nail, charts to make I got seas to sail I'm gonna build me a boat With these two hands It'll be a fair curve from a noble plan let the chips fall where they will Cause I've got boats to build Well, thanks for listening to the Pro Tips for Musicians podcast. To find out more about Guy, visit him online at GuyDeVito.com. Just like wings. To order your copy of the Pro Tips book, the 50 Pro Tips for Musicians, Practical Advice for an Impractical Business, go to ProTipsForMusicians.com. It contains many of the tips we've discussed here on the podcast, personal insights about each one, and features original illustrations by Ruby Henry. To make a one-time only donation to the podcast, go to protipsformusicians.com. Become a sustaining podcast patron at patreon.com slash Jim Henry. Thanks for listening. Build me a boat with these two hands. It'll be a fair curve from a...